Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the best TV and movie podcast in the whole of the internet. I'm your host, Ross Bolin, here with your other host, Mr. Barrett Dudley. Barrett, what's good? Oh, I'm just sitting here. It's, uh, let's see, it's, what, oh, yeah, look at the time. It's 10-18. 10-18. Uh, you can, uh, everybody that listens to this podcast can just call me by your name, and, um... Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I think what? How many patrons do we have? It's six hundred and sixty-six. That's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds simple good. of the beast. Um, give me a quick second. I just need to uh, fall down my stripper pole to hell and grab something that I left down there real quick, and then I'll be right back. It's a pair of Nikes that have uh, blood drops in them. You're gonna. And I'm back. Got him. Wow. Did Satan tip well during that lappy? I uh, yes, he did. He gave me eighty thousand dollars. Seems like a good price. Yes. So for your soul, yeah. your immortal soul. Um, <laughs> we're here again to discuss the best in in TV and movies, everything that Barrett and I have been watching, and some news. That in the Montero video counts. We watched it. I watched it. Does. It. it does. We I did. did. Watch I watched it. it on my like like a like a like a true zoomer on my lappy on my laptop. People were surprised by this. Boomer Barrett watching the Montero "Call Me by Your Name" video <laughs> on his mobile device. Yeah, yeah, that's like right. Like a real right. Gen Zer. Like a real Gen Zer. He's just out here doing it. And then walking away, not all that offended. No, not offended at all. I'm I only boom about some things, you know what I mean? Yeah, you you're a specific kind of boomer. Yeah, that's right. That's You're more of a get off my lawn boomer <laughs> than like a pull your pants up boomer. You know what I mean? Uh are there you think that those two are different? I think they're quite different. Okay. Barry. All right. All right. They can be. They can, can be. Also, they can be. Yeah. What are those uh, in the Venn diagram of boomers, I definitely boom. There's a about lot of different stuff. circles. There's, with there, there's, there's no question. No question at all. Speaking of of get off my lawn booming, uh-huh. actually, right before I left my house to come over to your house, this guy, he was walking two dogs, one of whom was off leash. I don't like that. I boom about that. I don't like that either. Put your dog on the leash. It's it, that that's dangerous to 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 just be letting your. I don't care how well trained it is. You know. Look, you and me are watching The Sopranos, and in a recent episode. Uh, and at the beginning of the episode, a family is carjacked, and their dog, I believe his name was Charleston. Church, Churchill. 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 Uh, Churchill was off leash, Barrett. He was. And as a result, <laughs> Churchill ain't coming home Churchill no more. gone. Yeah. If you want to know more um, about that, go to patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Anyway, so this off leash dog, what did it do? Of course, it pops a squat right on the lawn, uh-huh. on, on my lawn. Predictable. And takes a shit. And I could tell. This dog was off leash. I could just, I took one look at the guy and I know he's a, he's a leave the pooped guy. Oh, for sure. But he did, he think, uh, fortunately he had his little, you know, his, his, his little token bag with him, right. which, which he had to use in this case. And I was like getting in my car and I acted like I wasn't like staring him down, but you know, in my perifs, I was like making sure that he picked up this piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and he did. And then he was he, a nice piece of shit. And then he walked the other direction because he, he knew that I was about to yell at him to get off my lawn anyway. Right. So I, so I did boom about that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. Hey, hey guy, your foot's on my property. Um, speaking of boomers, since we're just right here, I'm just, I'm, I'm just segueing. You can't stop me. I love uh, this. <laughs> there's a... Uh, the SNL this past weekend, mm-hmm, hosted mm-hmm. by Maya Rudolph, it was the best one in a very long time. The entire first half of the show had me, like, my side splitting. I was laughing so hard. I heard a lot of good praise um, on Twitter. The There is a video about how the boomers all got the vaccine first. Yeah. And it's, you know, we've talked a lot about how, like... SNL is has been in a tough spot over the last few years because they are competing with so many other 
things and memes and mediums that yes. like are basically tackling the same thing. Yes. And I actually thought they, I, I thought that this video that they did beat South Park at, Re- some, oh, at, I was about at, to say. at some of their own game. Wow. Because South, South Park did the, the vaccine uh, Q the vaccine special, special or whatever. Yeah. And they, they had some jokes about the olds getting the vaccine first and, and then like them, be, them living it up. This actually, I thought this kind of hit it, hit it even better and had some really funny jokes about how like, about how like, you know, boomers were voting for Trump, but only for the taxes. And like, they don't really right. believe the vaccine. They don't really believe COVID's real, but they're still getting the vaccine. <laughs> like all this, like just really, really funny, funny stuff that, that I thought just kind of like really hit the nail on the head about how, how funny it's been to, for, for, uh, for our parents, basically, to, yeah. to all be vaxxed up. Do you um, uh, do you feel like SNL does better when they have a uh, better host? Like, do you feel like Maya Rudolph is the reason that episode was better written and better yes, done? One hundred percent. I think typically when they have a, a former cast member come back, those are general those those episodes hit on at a higher average because it's the cast than, member. Than, they know how it works. Yeah, they know how SNL works. They're also bringing, obviously, a higher level of talent as yep. they've started there and are now no longer there. And, and Maya Rudolph's case has done all manner of different successful projects. Um, so you're looking at the best of the best coming back and working in this medium that they now have a total understanding for. Nobody there is going to give them shit. Yeah. And, and the, the, I think another huge part of that is that when you bring in, like, when an athlete comes and hosts SNL, they give them as little to do as possible, basically. Right. They're generally like they don't want them to have to act their ass. Yeah. Off. They're they're more props in the sketches than anything, and and the the cast members, the players, kind of like are carrying the heavier weight and kind of propping up the sketches and just kind of letting the 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 host do a few funny things, but not have to not have to work or act or or, or do anything too hard. They'll give him a few pun. I'm, I'm picturing Peyton Manning. And yeah, like, exactly, exactly. You know, they'd give Manning even, who's one of the more talented. Who's one of the more talented actors. <laughs> they'd still, they'd get him in some sketches where, you know, he'd only say punchlines. It'd yeah. be like three other people setting up all the jokes over and over and Manning delivering one. Yes. Like the punchline. And then yeah. them setting up another one and him just having to say the punchline. That That's very easy by comparison. And they would never, like four comedians would never do that just for one of the other comedians. Like, hey, right. we'll just make this one super easy for Jeff. No, like <laughs> everybody has to carry their weight. When you're Peyton Manning, different ball game. And then when you're Maya Rudolph and you can do both, and and I mean, it's like, that's yeah, why so, you get the best of the right. best of SNL she, she when they're best. She gets to do, what, they, they can ask her to do whatever. And so in maybe the best sketch of the night, uh, Maya's just out there doing her Beyonce impression. Like, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's and definitely the goes, most fun Beyonce She goes impression. all the way on this thing. Ha, by the way, have you ever watched a single episode of this show called Hot Ones? No. Okay, I didn't really, I, like, I, this was, I guess, in my, it was, you know, in my vicinity, I sort of, I'd seen screen grabs from it, but I was not really super familiar with the show. I did not even understand the concept of it. Do you okay. know, do you know what happens on Hot Ones? No. This guy, Sean something or other host this talk show a one-on-one little you know interview setting basically and okay. he brings on all sorts of famous people to this show and they eat hot wings and like oh, yeah. super 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 hot wings this is where all that sorts of scope you know they're gift of uh, Idris Elba comes from where he's like oh shit yeah 
Sco- all sorts of high yeah, ass Scoville pepper levels and whatever and stuff like. Now this. here's what I'm here's what I mean, but I'd seen the gif of Idris Elba uh, or the the meme whatever. Like I'd seen a few of these emerge footage of people eating these hot ass wings on this show, and I was like, what the fuck is this? But it's like still somewhere below the mainstream, so that you have to explain it to people. It's just odd. Like who? So who hosts it? What the fuck is it? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think it's more popular than we probably are, are realizing because he gets massive celebrities on this thing. No, I, I knew it was that big, but that's what I'm saying is I didn't really understand. Is it like a British thing? No. He's an American. Who? Sh- the sh- guy that hosts it, Sean. Sean. Sean Evans or whatever his name is. Okay. And he's just eating hot as shit wings with like A-listers. And, yes. And, and then asking them and then asking them questions and getting them to talk about stuff. Is it a YouTuber? I'm going to find out. It's available on Hulu, but yes, I think it's a U- it might be a YouTube series. Because I've got, what I've got here is the computer. <coughs> I can use it for the, the research. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you can. Christopher Schonberger produced it. Sean Evans is the host. Sean Evans, I nailed it. Sean Evans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, very, very good sketch with Beyonce uh, getting increasingly uh, flustered because she is eating wings that are way too hot. Uh, so just really good stuff. Great episode of SNL and... and um, that's the end of my my boomer segue. That was this is really great. I'm glad we ended it on something that let everybody. This is so, what I don't understand is like okay, Tony Yayo was the first guest. When when the hell was that? 2015. Okay, so this show's also been on forever. Like they've been doing it forever. They've got every A-lister you can possibly imagine. <laughs> and there's like 13 seasons. And then he he did like a special with Colbert. Okay. Selena Gomez. Uh, JJ Watt, Alex Rodriguez. I mean, Shalina. Bro, what? Where does it air, though? Like, where does it live? Well, it's available. Some of it is available on Hulu. Okay, premiered on True TV. And you're saying it's available on Hulu? Some of it is available on Hulu. Definitely not 15 seasons worth or whatever, though. So. Fuck, man. Yeah, man. Why did did we not know about Hot Ones? That's what I've never really understood. Why does it slip so far under you and I? Hot Ones. Isn't that a song by Lauren Hill, maybe? I feel like you're thinking of Lost Ones. Lost Ones, that's right. <laughs> lost Ones. <laughs> almost, almost. Um, you want me to drop in one more segue? That's how Rick Ross remixes songs, the way Barrett just did it. What's, uh, yeah, one more segue. One Hit more it. segue? Fucking well, we're end. talking about Beyonce. And, yeah. Uh, so um, I wanted to talk a little Jay-Z. Okay. Ross, uh, because he, he just, look, th- maybe this conversation belongs on, on a different show, one of uh, either of our other shows, most likely, but- Neither one of our other co-hosts is really a, a Kanye Jay Z person like you in the way that we are. So we're going to do it on this podcast. Um, I think that makes sense. Instead, and I'm also just jumping the gun by many, many months because I want people to know that I'm on top of this way more than they are. Okay. But this is the 10 year anniversary coming up in a few months of Watch the Throne. Yeah. Um, and you and you idiots didn't even realize it, and I realize it because I'm a real fan. Damn, that's crazy how fast, <laughs> how prepared you are for this anniversary, bro. This ten year decade anniversary. Yeah, and you're uh, such a hardcore fan. I'm a very hardcore fan. Yeah, please give me all of the props for that. Unbelievable. Okay, so I'm I'm listening to this album again. I listened to it twice over the weekend. Okay, in the car. One, at, what? Sometimes this gets dropped out of Kanye's like discography or au revoir, but. It is on the same level as My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I'm not going to call it the same level of Masterpiece because it is a joint album, but it is, it, it's, it's like, right there. it's right there. This is an absolutely incredible 
feat of music. It's the only other thing he's done, in my opinion, that is in the vein of my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, where a lot of the vibes are the same, a lot of the way he produced the tracks, the style. Stylistically, he was in that same era still. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. It was two two years, or maybe even one year after "Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy." And if you really look at his albums after the fact, like none of them sound like any of the other ones prior. Yeah, it's a little like you can you can tell where he's going on "Watch the Throne." You can hear some of Jesus. That's true. Is, you can a, hear is where... about to follow. Is about to follow. You can, but it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's like an in between of of Dark Twisted Fantasy and and Yeezus. Um, but so that that's the first thing that stood out to me. It's just how. Like what an awesome album this is! It is no skipped tracks. Yeah, uh, it is. It's also crazy to listen listen back to Frank Ocean and realize that he's been around for ten that plus long. years at this point. Damn, um, bro, that is crazy. Yeah, bro. because he feels like a an he even does. more modern, new newer artist still. Uh, Beyonce is on this album, and then there's the bonus tracks like "Illis Motherfucker Alive" and "Ham" and "Joy." All of which are, I mean, like, why did they have to be bonus tracks? We'll never know because they are, they, they, they're just, they're as good as anything else on the album. Well, we know sort of is. And he's a crazy um, person. Jay-Z drops a line on on one of these tracks. I All can't remember, respect. I can't remember if it's Joy or not. I don't think it is. But uh, just interesting tidbit that ties back to a, a movie that we talked about. He arrived on the day Fred Hampton died. Dude, yes. I I, I mentioned this on RBP at one point um, because my, my former co-host now brought up some Fred Hampton stuff. And I was like, I'll be real with you. The first time I ever heard about Fred Hampton in my whole life was in that Watch the Throne bar where Jay-Z says, I arrived on the day Fred Hampton died. Yeah. So that's pretty that's that's pretty crazy that he was born on the day that Fred Hampton died. Real people don't and die, we just multiply. That just had me that had me listening to this album in a new light. And there's like it's just it's very interesting because Watch the Throne centers itself on black excellence yes. and that's i'm pull, i'm paraphrasing lyrics from one of the um one of the song titles and from the lyrics of that song what is it murder murder, murder to excellence murder murder to excellence uh but it's but but you know even in those like where frank ocean is singing the hook about like sweet sweet queen coretta and uh sweet brother malcolm sweet brother martin like like this whole album is all about black excellence but i take myself back to 24 year old me Mm-hmm. That's absolutely not what I was connecting with, even though I should have been. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I mean? Well, that's like, kind of the beauty of hip hop, too, though. That's kind of the whole point. I mean, it's all the beauty of all art is that you don't have to come in from the right angle to appreciate it. Sure, sure. The hope is that eventually you see it from the right angle. And I'm the same way I think all white people are. There's no way you could be born where we were born and live where we lived and grow up the way we did and have the the life experience yet at where we were when this album came out to know what the fuck they were talking about like yeah. some of it yeah but i always tell people this, this is one of the things about jay-z that was so fascinating to me when i was a little kid because i would listen to his music like i listened to the album that hard knock life was on right mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i liked this i liked his songs i liked his music i really liked the hits the ones that he made for people like me who didn't and you didn't <laughs> need to know shit of course but i couldn't get i couldn't wrap my head around jay-z i didn't understand anything he was saying and it wasn't in the way like when you, when you don't understand the red hot chili peppers and it doesn't fucking matter. It was like if you I didn't understand what he was saying and the whole point was that you needed to understand what he was saying for a lot of these songs. And I'm talking about the deep cuts, not right, the shit that right. he had on MTV or BET. And it never like when I was a little kid that was very confusing to me. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, "What the fuck is this dude?" Eventually I walked away from Jay-Z. 
for a while, like as a fan. Yeah, yeah. I had to get like more years under my belt and more life experience before anything that he was saying made a bit of sense to me. And then just like, I mean, it's another side of privilege, but that's that's the world I came from, that I had the opportunity, that you and I had the opportunity to eventually become more exposed to the real America and the real world and, and, and get learned yeah. on some of this shit that we need to be learned on. So, But to your point... I too have gone back and listened to the album many, many times. This is in my top five albums yeah, of and, all and, time, and, period. And you, you could do this with a lot of hip hop albums, I'm quite sure. But, but it is, it, it but was, this one in particular it was, focuses. It's interesting to go back and listen to this one because it is a very, it, this, it's a very progressive album that talks about a lot of the same stuff that that we're talking about right now. But you know, through the through this lens of like incredibly produced hip-hop right well and the it was um, also the celebration of like exuberance like yeah. these two gentlemen having busted through this whole shit right. and gotten to that was that was sort of the message of the whole album like look at all this shit y'all tried to put us through and stop us from being who we are and now look at us balling now um and so kind of the general vibe of watch the throne and, and and then i yeah and then i started that's exactly right and then i started thinking about you know what that means for for these two artists 10 years later and then i got to thinking about how <laughs> It's like the age old the the the, the age old idiom that, that people will drop on you. That's like, uh, if you're it, it, what uh, I, I want to get this right here. It's like if you're if you're a conservative when you're young, you have no heart. If you're liberal when you're old, you have no brain. Right. That's like that's a. I'm not saying that I agree with that. I'm, I'm but I'm just saying that that is. It's a quote. People drop that quote, and it and it it it. it it's pretty accurate. People generally become more conservative the older they get. Uh, and in the case of both these rappers, that's absolutely happened because it, you know, Jay-Z who's talking about Fred Hampton and talking about all these social issues and talking about black excellence and talking about like going up against the man is now like, you know, the, the lead guy on like the NFL's board for diversity. You know what I mean? He's made like a bunch of moves now that are looking out for his own generational wealth and his own legacy and his own family for yeah, multiple but you generations. Yeah, got to remember, Hove, and it, and Hove it's, dropped it's not, lines like, uh, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them, so I got rich and gave back to me. That's the win-win. Yeah. He's always had a layer to him. Like I, I, And I'll tell you, I've thought about this a lot, what you're getting into, which is that, that look, Jay-Z gets ridiculed a lot. For a lot of the moves he makes. Yes. And uh, and for this very reason, because it looks like now he's just flipped. Like he's become like every other billionaire and all he gives a shit about is his. Um, I, I, I don't think it's fair to judge his what his impact is until he's gone. Well, really. and, I'm not, but, and I'm not trying to judge it either. I know what I'm you're saying. It's like, I'm just saying that it's interesting to listen even 10 years ago to Watch the Throne when this dude was already in his early 40s. I know, and at that point, that's what I'm saying is he was already far deep into being corporate hove. But like, it wasn't... he that When Watch the Throne dropped, Jay-Z was not... It's no different. If he put it out an album now, he'd still talk about the rebellion and the shit that he sure, talked about sure. on Watch the Throne. I just don't think... Well, and his, I mean, maybe beyond, it wasn't his, be, it wasn't as blatant. Now he, you're right. Like and, you said, he's on the fucking NFL's board for diversity. And I don't, and and like, I don't want to, oh, I also God. don't want to insinuate that he is like right either because yeah. he's not. And Beyonce is out here making stuff like lemonade and, and, uh, and, and well, the entire, like the who entire politics. We don't know, you know? Well, right. But they are, they're certainly moving. They, they are certainly part of the movement for, for the betterment of black lives and black culture. No question. 
from so, a branding side, certainly. So, I mean, it's... It, it, With Hove. With Beyonce, I have no doubt, I'm sure. On, on, the, on the other side of, uh, of the Watch the Throne coin... Um, just listening back to Kanye's lyrics and you think about him being up on, on, the, on the telethon with Mike Myers saying that George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. From he, that- he, he is a totally different and, and arguably far more interesting story because he, his lyrics are so interesting to listen to even 10 years ago on Watch the Throne, which, I, which we are both considering one of his best albums. He has moments of, of pure brilliance with his lyrics and then he's also sometimes an awful lyricist, like just the the dumbest of the dumb. Like the first verse on Ham is bad. It's bad. It's oh, not yeah. good. Uh, but but no, he's got some bad ones. Don't but he also that. he has he has lots and lots of big ideas. And one of the things that stuck out one of the things that stuck out to me is he has one of the things that he's kind of positioned himself on lately is like this very like anti-abortion stance. And that he, that how he's he, an anti-vaxxer too, how he feels that like abortion and abortion clinics and plan B and, and basically like the, the easier ability to, um, get out of unwanted pregnancies has been like a government plot to keep black people down okay, to keep like their population from expanding at the rate that it could. Okay. I've got some things to say about this after you're done, but okay. Uh, so, so he's, so you you can hear some of that even in Watch the Throne, but he's also still that like really edgy, rebellious, like fuck the government, fuck the man, fuck the Republicans type Kanye. Even going so far as to drop the line, you know that he's 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 going to make his son be a Republican so everybody knows that he cares about white people. So right, weird he's line, though, it, man. It, it's so it's this re- it's just really really interesting, and he's he's. You know, I go, I, I, it's, it's such, I have such a weird relationship with my Kanye fandom because at a certain point over the last three or four years, it, he reached a point to where it was really hard to, to root for him, continue yeah. to root for him as a person. And I, I'm, I'm, I, it's still very easy for me to separate the art from the artist with him because I, for my money, he is like, you know, the most talented artist of our generation. Um, and it, it's just, I don't know. I just I got a, I did get a kick and and a lot of a thought just bubbling up listening back to this album. Yeah. And thinking about his progression over the last 10 years from like having all these big ideas and it, and and this is something that that tracks with him, right? The more fame, the more wealth, the older that he's gotten, the harder time he seems to have had like bottling up these ideas that he does yeah, have but with, and like positioning with him, them in stadium. This is such an them. easy breakdown. Like it boils down to one thing and one thing only mental illness. <laughs> like it does. I'm serious. Yeah. Like what you hear the early pieces of him in that album. I mean, it's just bipolar, dude. He's bipolar. Like he's, he's a diagnosed and medically treated bipolar person at this yeah. point. Like yeah. he, yeah, that's a good point. He is not, um, what most people would consider to be like all there upstairs in, in some ways. And it's, it's, Look, br- a lot of brilliant people have mental health issues, a lot of them. And a lot of historically brilliant people that have taken their lives at a very young age did so as a result of mental health issues. A lot of people that go off the rails and never produce any work again do it as a result of mental health issues. Lauren Hill is another very famous and prominent uh, musician who's 
relationship with the media and uh, corporate America has been full of drama. And as a result, you ain't hearing no Lauryn Hill albums. <laughs> Lauryn Hill's still alive, bruh. She's one of the most talented musicians on the face of the earth. But she gets mentioned in one out of three fucking hip-hop songs at this point. Sure. And and she's, you know, it. it's a hard thing to remember, but like, his career tracks so very easily when you sit there and, and, and walk through it. The second he lost his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And in the, the heartbreak stopped fueling art and it started fueling destruction. Like all his good albums before that were still about heartbreak. He had done 808s. He did My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Those are about two separate breakups, right? Not even the same person. One was Amber Rose. One was whoever the chick he dated before Amber Rose. Yep. It doesn't yep. matter. Um, then his mom dies and he can't process this shit the same. And the next thing we know, he's marrying a Kardashian and all of us are like, wait, what the fuck? Oh, this is performance art, right? He's going to come out and say, so. oh, wait, he's a Trump fan. He's wearing a MAGA hat now. Wait, what the fuck? What is that? Oh, oh, he's sick. <laughs> but like, for real, that is it. Yeah, like yeah. he is, he is mentally ill and he is a lot of the time. Uh, first of all, he's so famous now and so powerful. No one man should have all that power that he's got all these yes men around him, surrounding him. I think he got surrounded by mostly people and the Kardashians, you know. Say what you will about the Kardashians. They haven't done a whole hell of a lot to try to prove to any of us that they're a morally sound family. Sure. They do a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things that are very negative for our entire society. That, that, that young women have to hold themselves up to this insane. These motherfuckers don't look like this. You ever look at the Kylie and then and now photos <laughs> and laugh to yourself? I do, but, I then, have, you, but yes. then you wonder why, like, wait, why was this, why are we allowed, why is this, so you tell me you and me could just go get done up, fucking put another 200K into our faces and just- Be hot, yeah. Go out there and be hot with it? Super like, hot, yes. Fucking idiotic. <laughs> and it's making chicks think that they need to look like these people. Anyway, look, I don't like the Kardashians. I don't trust the Kardashians. I don't think they handled Kanye well. I think they put him in bad positions on purpose. I will never forget watching him do fucking what's her name the lead demon in that family's name uh chris if you want to find somebody who's demonic it's these people it's not little nas x <laughs> chris jenner had a television show for a short time i don't know if she still does or did or what the fuck this was but it was kanye being interviewed and he came out and he used a completely different voice and there's no other way to put it other than to say that it was a white voice yeah yeah oh yeah and i remember being like yeah, these people aren't a good influence. <laughs> like, that was a point blank. Like, what the fuck are they letting him do? This is crazy. He looks crazy. They're letting him go crazy for publicity. Yeah. And I think that's what happened. And I, I can't believe they got kids wrapped up in it, too. And they got kids together. They got divorced now, or they're getting divorced. The whole thing. I, look, whoever's out there busting ass on all these Q documentaries, which we can talk about in a few minutes. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Somebody, all y'all need to stop. Stop making documentaries about these weirdos. <laughs> Go work together on one Kanye West documentary. <laughs> because Barrett, 20 years from now, if you and me don't get the full story on exactly what happened with this dude, who I think we could both say was probably the most influential mu celebrity, most influential celebrity, period. Musician, athlete, period. In both of our lives. No question. Yep. And uh, it's been fucking brutal to watch. It's like... This is that whole like never meet your heroes thing. People always ask me like if you could pick anybody in the world to interview, who would it be? And it breaks my heart not to answer Kanye. But look, man, I've watched too many Kanye interviews. Yeah, yeah. The motherfucker no. doesn't say anything. He's a rambling, incoherent doofus at this point. You know how many of his rants you and I have seen live? What? At least four. <laughs> 
30 minutes apiece, this fool goes, each show, minimum. No song, just him ranting. One of them, Barrett and I are sitting there looking at each other, laughing, and this dude's up there talking about how Walt Disney never had a bad bitch like he does. And we were just like, what is fucking happening right now, bro? We paid so much for these tickets. <laughs> this is like half the show. What's happening? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I love Kanye and, and Hove, and uh, Watch the Throne is, it's not just one of my favorite albums. That's a, that's probably one of the few albums I can pick in the world that represent a full era of my life. Yeah. You know how people have those? Totally. Mostly old people. Well, we're getting there. Yeah, we so are. Now we get to, now we get to pick some. Yeah, man. It's so it, well, yeah. And that's and and I think that's a a good place to kind of to to cap the chat here is just it's a great one to go back and listen God, to. It's good. Because not only is it still phenomenal and a lot of fun to listen to and just bump in the car. Yeah. But you you you're also you listen to the lyrics, man, and you're just going to it's going to take you on a ride because of of because of the progression of both of these artists as they as they moved towards middle age. Dude, it was it was LeBron and Dwayne Wade at the top of their game. Ain't that just like ain't that like LeBron James? Ain't, ain't that, that just, just like, like D-Wade? D-Wade? That was what it was though. It was a perfect analogy. Remind you know what it was? It's the meme of fucking D-Wade throwing the lob to LeBron and D-Wade is Kanye and LeBron in the back is uh, Hove. Yeah. Put their faces on there that's and that's it. Let's walk away from Watch the Throne. Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I've ever tried. It's great stuff. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to main, ma- maintain effective nutritional habits and uh, give our bodies the nutrients that we need to thrive. We've got busy schedules, you know, Poor sleep, exercise, stress, simply not eating enough of the right foods tends to be my problem. That's where Athletic Greens helps Barrett and I out. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It's by far the easiest, most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your health routine today and empower yourself to take ownership of your health. One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains... 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products, which is the key here. Barrett, have you enjoyed your athletic greens? Every morning, I wake up and I say, give me the greens! That's... <laughs> that's <laughs> In the morning when I wake up. Isn't that a beginning of a song? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. And then the next and then you line put on your athletic is, greens. give me the greens. Give me the greens, yes. I want the greens. Exactly. Uh, no, I do love athletic greens. I love the container that it comes in mm. and the little mixing bottle that they give you. And it's quite nice. It makes I you feel just, like a profesh. It does make me feel very profesh. And it's all the good stuff in oh, one God. scoop in the morning. Mix it with some water. <sighs> feel, feel better than I would have without it. God, yeah. For the rest of that day. Uh, yeah. Huge. Give me the greens. <laughs> Simply visit athleticgreens.com. Athletic greens, or you can use that tagline. I give you permission. Yeah, we'll trademark, copyright, trademark lend that copyright, one to you. Athletic uh, greens. License to Athletic Greens. Yeah, you, we got you. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dragon today and join dragon. health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every single day. Athleticgreens.com slash dragon. And guess what? You're going to get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dragon. Free your supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Barrett, hit them one more time. Give me the greens. All right. <laughs> you, sir, have been watching Falcon and the Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah, I did. I wanted to touch for all the Marvel heads. That's out right. There. That's right. And I don't want to. I don't want y'all to think that that uh, that we're ignoring this one. And so I will. I will give you uh, a quick little rundown of the important thing that happened. And I'll l- let me just say there is at the very end of. 
um, Endgame. Okay. There's a moment where Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, is like maybe going to become Captain America or something like that. What? And that's, that's for, for you, that's all I'll say. It doesn't even matter. You literally can't spoil this for me because much like with WandaVision, I literally didn't know who Wanda or Vision <laughs> were. I thought WandaVision was, yeah. was going to be... Anyway, didn't even get to play on the joke on the name until like episode four because I'm slow. <laughs> so I, I also have no fucking clue who Falcon or the Winter Soldier are. Okay, okay. Like you might all as right. well be talking about... It doesn't matter. Say, okay. yeah, say, say your piece. Well, you'll get there. Yeah, um, one day. There's like 40 movies to go, but sure. And... uh it, it it very lightly starts to beg the question that Falcon and Winter Soldier is clearly picking up, which is, can Captain America be black? And it's pretty interesting because, uh, you know, I don't think that we expect Marvel to bite off these social issues like this. Yeah. They certainly are under no, you know, th- no obligation to do so. Eh, um, but they look, they've done a good job, but I can promise you. If every single one of these fucking superheroes is white, it is going to get to a point where people start going, hey, what the fuck? Well, no, sure, sure. But but they don't have to- They have some obligation they... is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. To 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 make Black Panther and to to put black stories and black faces on screen. But sure. they don't- But they, they don't have to make Captain America black, you mean? Well, no. They don't have to- This episode in particular even brings up like- police and black people in america oh god so, so you mean they don't have to go i'm there saying they... there a lot of this is anthony mackie and don Cheadle, who's playing war machine got you kind of talking back and forth about like what it would mean for falcon to pick up captain america's shield would that be okay does he belong oh wow. is it does it you know is it right for him to do that or is it somebody else's would the country even let him do that basically would they oh, su- really would they support that? And because he and, and the 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 early answer to this question is that no, he doesn't want to pick it up. It's not his, and he doesn't want to do it. And so so instead, they go pick out another Captain America who is played by Wyatt Russell, and Wyatt Russell who plays a uh, a hunky quarterback and in he's Asian. And no, he's a b- beautiful blonde white boy. Oh great! He's the son of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. <laughs> Wyatt Russell. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're telling me <laughs> there's a plot point in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where they're like, hey, could you be Captain America? You're black, though. And then they decide, nah. And then they pick Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's son? The, no, it's not. It is not offered necessarily to Falcon. But they discuss it. But they kind of discuss it. And he says no. But there's there that that question looms. Why is he saying no? What is is race part of it? Okay, got you. So it's not like they directly dove into no. Got but, it. Got it. But got it. The, all of this is looming. The fact that they are clearly going in on the fact that this that who they do choose, they do end up not retiring Captain America, but installing a new one. Right. And they choose a guy. I I just like to make the connection that Chris Evans played a hunky high school quarterback. In not another teen movie, Wyatt Russell played a hunky college quarterback in Twenty Two Jump Street. It's true. So they are they 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 even are sourcing the actors from those archetypes, right? From the all American hunky jock stereotype. So that's interesting, and it's, that's it's on like purpose. the question of can you break that? Can you break away from that mold? Sort of. Yes. But 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 why even at, do we need to ask that? Qu- here's here's the difference. This is what's funny. Marvel is operating on this tool. It's the most mainstream plane possible. 
Okay. So it's almost like they can sort of get away with more than you would think because it's like, ah, it's for the kids. Who's going to complain? But at the same time, we all know they have a very hardcore adult fan base that's enormous. But we're in the year 2021 where we've seen The Boys. We've seen Watchmen. We've seen these superhero shows take shit, flip it on its head, and explode it. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I understand that it's a, that they're kind of, they're, they're on their own narrative here, and they're like 40 movies deep, and they can't just go full-blown progressive all at once. But, like, it does feel like they're, they're kind of, the things they're toying with are, 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 are sort of, we already done, did this, like. We should just be moving forward. They did Black Panther already. It just, you know what I'm saying? It kind of feels I like- I don't know what you're saying. Okay, they, <laughs> I don't understand. You do or do not, Are you You are agreeing with them trying to tackle social issues on this show or you don't think that they need to? I feel like they're limping around an area where we're all already there. Like a lot of these other shows are tackling the shit out of social issues. Like, yes. and pretty much the whole point of the shows is only to tackle social issues. Marvel is doing that on the most like high okay. level possible. So, th- so that where they talk about nuclear war and, and that's like, so th- that's kind of my question here is, is it like because look, we know that what you're saying is is right because Marvel isn't go to the, isn't going to go to the links of the boys. Of course not. They like th- this is it is a risky move by them to even include this type it's of a subject more complicated matter. Complicated situation on this show. These th- look, ten year olds aren't watching the boys. Ten year olds are watching these Marvel movies. Like so they so they right. can do stuff. It's just they have to do it in a different way. I think it's it's like to your point that it is interesting they're trying. And it's interesting that there's that there. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let, let me let me let me lay out one full full thing here. Okay. So that we can get on the same page. Okay. <laughs> the, the, what we know what we know is that Marvel is taking a calculated risk by putting this subject matter in this show because there will be people that are pissed off by it by even by even by them even touching it. They're going to say, "Why are you politicizing my Marvel?" Okay. Right? Sure. Okay. That's that's one thing. Then the second, then the second thing is, we also know that Marvel isn't going to go all the way with it. If they tackle it, they're going to do it in a way that is like, wink, wink. That's yeah. That's not. That's not really like fully head on because it is Marvel. They are making this stuff, like you said, mostly for for for. It's kid stuff. They're not going TVMA with this. It's all TV fourteen or whatever. Yeah. So I, I so I. It's interesting to watch, and I guess my like. The big question that I have is, is it good that they're doing like a like a social light or should they have just avoided it altogether since they can't really tackle it all the way? So this is, I guess, to reframe my take. Yeah. Okay. It is that they have always tackled social issues. They've just tackled the highest level shit. They've never they've even touched on race stuff before if memory serves it's just that it's never like they they do you're right they broach it in in black panther it's sure. just it's just a it's it's not on the granular level that they do on th- on places like the boys they're yeah. not going to go full blown historical and talk about all of the shit that's happened or like on watchmen or whatever it's just they have to do it in a more subtle way i guess is how how it's how i'll put it they have found ways in a lot of their movies to talk about very serious subject matter, like America's place in the world as a as as a sort of this world police, yeah. like about weapons technology and and uh, nuclear power and all. They get they get into all kinds of different shit in these yeah. movies, yeah. and they find ways to talk about that stuff 
like I said, sort of almost indirectly a lot of the times, like holding a mirror to society, which is which is beautiful, and it's what comic books and, and stories yep. like this are meant to do. The, I, what I mean is I feel them f- like realizing, okay, we really... Black Panther, great, great stride, obviously. Huge, enormous. I mean, one of the biggest in terms of Hollywood and black America that we have seen. But when you think about superhero the superhero narrative and as a guy who's only four into this you know i'm still back in thor okay i'm on thor right now they they're they're behind they're diddling around with something that the rest of the world and these other production companies and these other big stories have really really gotten deep into and it's like to answer your question i think it's race is a difficult one for them to tackle it's very very complicated in this narrative and they've built their world so big and complicated already. I don't know how, like I'm very interested to get to the black Panther part of this whole Marvel world and see you have, or have not. Seen I haven't Panther. seen it. Okay. I haven't seen it. No, I wasn't going to watch it out of order. Just like I wasn't going to watch any of these other ones out of order. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but that's, it's, it's just, it's a funny space to be in when you have a shitload of like, I mean, we've been watching the QAnon documentary, these 40 year olds on the internet that are massive, Marvel fans, they're in there and they're pissed that black Marvel characters exist at all. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like you've yeah. got that fan base and then you've got the literal 10-year-olds who are like stoked to go see the next Marvel movie. Yeah. And how do you touch on race in a way that works for both of these cra- like it is a cra- like I don't envy their writers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and just to to I I guess to throw out my own opinion here at this point, like I guess right now I appreciate that they are at least including subject matter that is not just good guys, bad guys, bad guys get punched in the face, good guys win. Right. Like at, at at the very least, introducing some of these grayer areas, trying to touch on stickier subjects, trying to like lay it in for for the young people that might be watching that there are differences between black and white Americans. I think is it you know it's it's a it's a it's a worthy cause. Yeah. But we'll see over the next four episodes here. It it also it's if at the end of the day, if they you know, if they just totally half ass it, then it's not worth it. Yeah. They kind of have to say something. Yeah, that's they where can't, they, that's what I mean. They can't that's, don't don't so I hope that they don't just look tiptoe around it. The shit that they've said in the past, social issues wise, I don't think anybody disagrees with. Like or, or at least we can all agree that there are issues in these spaces. Like how how much influence should countries have on other countries based on their weaponry? Well, because they only because in those like and when you, you'll see when you get to civil war, like yeah, all they really have to do is ask the question. They don't have to try to answer it. And but in this case, but in this case, this is not just a question to be asked. It's a it's a subject to be truly like you know interrogated. And it's one that's the thing. With this other stuff that you can kind of walk up to and like nudge it, hey, nuclear war, yeah, hey, you cannot do that with race. Yeah. It doesn't play like that, dude, and especially not right now. So it's just, so we'll see, we'll it's see. A how sensitive go- yeah. spot to see them in. Yeah, see let's how, how let's talk a little bit about the QAnon documentary. Let's talk about Q, yeah. okay? Because it's probably the thing that has me in in the headspace I'm in. Um, I'm four episodes into this thing. I think you're three. I'm three. I didn't realize it doesn't that, really matter. Did, did they drop? Are they dropping two every Sunday night? Look, man. No, I thought they were doing one every Sunday night. I finished the one 
that I was watching this Sunday, and then the next one started. That's that's what I we watched it last night, the episode three, and I thought there was just one, and then four like was available. Started. So I don't I don't know what's I don't know how that happened. I but. I before I was a little high, and I was five minutes in. Next thing I know, I'm fuck. I can't stop. Right, so I watched right. the fourth one, and um, it, it look HBO has sort of slid in. It got QAnon doc. A QAnon documentary should have been a bigger deal than it was. They were just like, hey, the Q into the storm is out. I don't, I don't, I've never wanted a documentary more in my life and then been more, I, I don't know if I'm happy or sad about what I'm watching so far. Uh, basically, as a guy who spent the entirety of his adult career working on the internet and for many of those years, I'd say three levels above where 8chan is in terms of... Uh, <laughs> toxic comments and and, mm-hmm. and 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 fan base i'm i'm familiar with the space and as a dude who knows people who have gone full q and down the rabbit hole and are full-blown q truthers full believers true believers or whatever um i i couldn't wait to see this and couldn't wait to get into the weeds of it but now that i'm four episodes in i almost kind of wish I, I i had never watched it at all i'm because it, i it, it's exactly what i thought it was okay it's, this whole thing is like internet dorks gone awry. Like toxic masculinity online, which we've all watched become a major, major issue. Yes. With the incels and the labels and the weirdness, the, the, the you know, mass shootings and the videos being posted online and the manuscript manifestos, whatever the fuck, all that shit folded into one terrible place and and it turns out that one terrible place, 8chan, where this Q person resides, is 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 probably the same person. It's probably the same group of people running both. <laughs> and these people are just super dorks living abroad in the Philippines that could give a shit about the consequences of what they're doing. Um, and it looks like, based on the four episodes we've seen so far, that in fact, whoever the original Q was walked away because the game was the jig was kind of up it was like well i keep dropping all these dates and then and then nothing happens so walked away and these 8chan fuckers basically took over the account and were like oh we're cue still here like no and it, and then other people who worked with them were like no this is definitely not the same person we quit and they just went with it because the sheep in the fucking internet don't care uh, but they didn't want to lose their, their their traffic and the money they were making off of this being the home of Q. Long story short, QAnon it, it has become a massive problem in our country. Um, misinformation and uh, the level to which people will believe it without the either ability or the desire to fact check it has become a major problem. And QAnon is a big, big part. Like, this story they tell in this HBO documentary is essentially like, why is the internet such an issue for us right now? And it's this deregulated, um, this 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 concept of free speech, you know, that at first, when it was written, applied to, like, basically, like, if you could go out and yell on the street corner some shit, and your shit was good enough that you could get a whole bunch of people to come listen to your shit, there was your free speech. You know, if you if you could pack a stadium and get out a microphone and say some shit, you could you could speak to thousands and thousands of people. Then the internet was ex- invented. Now anybody can do that. 
anybody has the right to free speech to thousands, if not millions and millions and millions of people. And it's dangerous. And the other added factor that really, so it's free speech on the internet and then anonymity, anonymity on the internet and how it applies to that free speech. And man, it's, it's tough for me to watch as a guy who's sort of, my career started looking at that problem. We, were on, we worked on a college humor website where all of our usernames were anonymous and it created a massive issue because there was no accountability. You could post and say anything. And we, we were having to delete comments and moderate it constantly and like, that's how 8chan exists. It's an anonymous platform where you, where that's filled with hate speech and I think the only thing they delete is if you plot. That's it. So you can't organize. Yeah, you cannot... And uh, no activism. No activism. You can say your thoughts on things, but you can't say, so come meet up with me and we're all going to go this. Like, mm-hmm. you can't do that. But anything else flies. And uh, the Q stuff is just utter nonsense. Yeah. Um, it's all <laughs> it's all pretty worrisome. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, a I, fair statement. I, I think... Well, there, there. I, 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 I'm like I said, I'm only three episodes in. Not, I haven't seen this fourth one yet. Although most of what you're saying is is pretty much outlined, started to be yeah, outlined you, and 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 hinted at in the in episode three. Um, it's still just being outlined and hinted at. And I in episode four too. Like yeah, and and like you said, this is basically what I've been watching over the last several days. I've this I've, is all uh, I've watched. I've, I haven't really watched a whole lot else. Haven't made Marvel progress because I can't stop watching this. Um. But it's, man, I, I really honestly have a, a hard time wrapping my head or, or around even my thoughts on this. But you, but but your point is one that definitely came up, which is that a lot like our Second Amendment, which was written, you know, 200 and some odd years ago uh-huh. and had completely different meaning with no ability to predict the future and and understand what type of weaponry and and Technology access would exist. of course and not. access people would would have to uh, firearms that weren't muskets that took 10 minutes to load one shot in um that's still i'm sorry to laugh but it's still incredibly it's so stupid that i my only reaction can be be <laughs> laughter that when they wrote that dudes were literally rolling with muskets and were still applying it to Walmart sells automatic rifles. <laughs> like that's fucking crazy. Continue, Barrett. Yeah, uh, j- semi-automatic. Just so semi-automatic. Right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, got to get your terminology Gun, right. Gun nuts. Don't. So don't the come at me. the the free speech thing is is it, like you're saying. It's the same thing, uh, although f- just a far hairier, far stickier because it's such an. It, it's a much. I would wager to say anyway that it's pretty easy, I, I think personally, to look at the gun issue and be like, yeah, we should we should have more gun regulations. This is fucking absurd. Me too. And polls agree. Like most Americans are in favor of, of a majority of Americans are in favor of stricter more gun, gun stricter, regulation. Stricter gun laws, more regulation, all that type of thing. Yeah. Where they land on that scale is is uh varies. varies. But I want to say like recent polls put like like this whole the universal background checks thing that they're trying to pass is right. like 90% of people agree with this or at least 70 or 80 big numbers. Free speech is different, right? Many, you, many people. If you just say if you just say, ask somebody on the street, you think there should be free speech? Yes. Absolutely. Of course. 
There has to be. But this idea- You really boil it down to what that means? But this idea, right, again, is like you said, it's grown to something that was not predictable. So the fact that we have these anonymous hubs on the internet where it just froths and builds and contributes and allows people to- like as, as basically get the opposite reaction that they would from general society. Right. You right. Can, you can general society would shun your idea because it's awful and disgusting and you need to like reshape your brain, brother. Right. If you walked into a cafe and you get the opposite and held up the meme that these dudes are posting on 8chan and getting all this love and likes, you'd be, sh- you'd be tackled and beaten on 8chan and on it, the internet anonymously. Like you said, and it grows. It's a disease. And it can be your only, it's that fucking bubble thing too. It's the, you know, your the own- echo s- chamber. Echo yeah. chamber. Yes. It's that whole element of it too. And it's people's inability, especially older people, boomers like you and I, who <laughs> don't know how to use the internet and don't know real from unreal. And like these people get, especially in the last two years where so much has been so confusing and, and so much has been seemingly taken from us and- and. It's just been a very hard time for people to to try to make sense of what is what. They've gone looking for truth. And when they can't find it in the media, they've turned to the internet, which unfortunately is somehow even worse than the media. But when I start to look at like free speech across the board, like it's just in a bad spot all around. Like if you look at what guys like Tucker Carlson are allowed to do on Fox News, Uh, that that level to me is a violation of what free speech was meant to be and and then there's this shit on the internet and these are unchecked versions of this thought that in our heads just means you could you should be able to say whatever you want anytime anywhere and i don't i don't agree with that (laughs) i don't i don't agree that you should be allowed to say whatever you want anytime anywhere like you can't just run up in a mosque and start yelling out anti-islamic shit that to me shouldn't be allowed. That's if it's something that is stirring up trouble and asking for violence and, well, and blood, that, and that does then that should be somehow controlled. That does technically violate our free speech law. Well, that's what most of this fucking website is. Yeah. It's, it's mostly so. I that, and I and I agree. That, I don't under fuels I, hate. That's that's right. Hate speech and and inciting violence inciting language is banned under our free speech Which laws. It, and, and I so can't I, understand I how it's so protected online. I don't understand. It is. You a, know what it is? I just remember. A great question. I just remembered. This is the conundrum. Not hosted in the states. It's the thing that get into episode four and okay. a. They all move to their their servers to outside the United States, which yeah. immediately presents an international um, jurisdiction problem. By the way, you know, I, I don't know if you've checked this out, but you, 8chan is not even 8chan anymore. It's like 8kun, 8kun dot SZ or whatever. Some, it's, it's not, it's had to, it's bumped off 8ch dot net or so They've or had whatever. to go they, somewhere else. They've, they've, they've had to reposition again. Um, Interesting. Let, let, let's... Let's quickly jump over to just the actual Q thing, yeah, because yeah. you 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 may have been more knowledgeable about this than I was, but um, I I did find the first couple of episodes insightful just to understand more about the the way that Q was working in general and the origins of it and yeah. the origins of it and uh, to to I'm going to put this in a vacuum here, so understand that that what I'm saying is 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 obviously. Uh, just a, a commentary on the execution alone. Sure, but this was fucking genius. The way that the way that the Q drops 
initially started. Because you know what's fun about watching the the Q series? Part of what's fun about it, and I mean the part that's not just informative, but fun. Yeah. Trying to figure out who Q is, right? Right. Because why? Because it's a mystery. We're hunting down, we're, we're watching this investigative journalist travel across the country and interview a bunch of people and find clues and find the the Luther Van, not Van Dross, the Luther Billet, Luther Blit, Luther (laughs) Blennett, whatever it's called, the book. And it's called Q. And we're making these connections, right? Oh my God, that book is called Q. This dude signs off on Q. So that's fun. People like solving mysteries. People like cracking codes. Yes. And so what what a way to do this where he just drops, the, the Q drops, where he's just dropping, he is just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Dude, but think about it. And then letting the people run with it. Run with it and make it what it is. But you cannot, here's the that's beauty ph- of it. That's phenomenal. You can't plan that, Barrett. You and I have talked about this many, many times. You can't, for those of you who are aware, like when you go viral on the internet, meaning, you know, something you put out there that, that normally would get like read by eight people, gets read by millions of people because it gets shared so much. That is not something you can sort of construct you have to get lucky it has to hit in a vein what i mean by this is the dude who did the first q drop had no goddamn idea what was going to (laughs) happen it was that it just happened to work and so many people ran with it and then he ran with it and kept putting out these very innocuous and and, in unspecific inaccurate ridiculous q drops and then what I mean is that eventually, what it looks like is that even eventually that person got tired of doing it or decided to stop or whatever. Or is in jail. Or is or, in jail or dead or who knows. And then this other, these nerds, other dorks who I think were probably of the same, cut from the same cloth as the OGQ, stepped in and just filled the void. That's what it looks like for me. And and yes, I understand why it was captivating I, yeah, to I didn't, I didn't know all. I didn't know these digger terms, baker I didn't know about the diggers and the bakers. And I still don't know about the diggers and the bakers. On the Q research board. The what Q drop the Q drop gets posted and okay. the diggers oh. go sort go go uh, they're the ones that invent all the stuff. Oh, it could mean this. It could mean this. This is what he's talking about. This is what he's talking about. This is what he's talking about. Yeah. And then the bakers cherry pick from those, the okay. ones that are the most appealing and attractive and poten- and have the potential to to hit, basically. And those get rebroadcast as like that's what the, all the Q tubers talk about. Got it. Whatever the bakers pick as yeah. the as the narrative, basically gets tacked on to the end of this story. It, right. They're, they're 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 writing the novel as it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's incredible. Like, it's incre- the the functionality of how it is all working is unreal. And like it, it, and 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 you kind of briefly hint or uh, briefly touched on this, but like all of these people, all of them. That that are that have have become sucked into this. We're looking for something, right? And that's where that's where I start to feel uh, almost. I wouldn't. I'm I'm not going to say sympathetic, but empathetic, right? That the that that you know the the two that are based out of where are they based out of Ocala, Florida. Oh, God, I want to say I forget, but the yeah. you know the couple the couple that I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Um, who who talk about how they voted for Obama Twice. both times. Like and 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 but they, look, man, that guy clearly has the IQ of like I know a fucking I know. seventh grader. But that doesn't matter because because the I think the you know if you want to try to pull so- something out of this documentary besides the fact that like all of these you know poor saps ha- have been marked and and you know 
brought to slaughter basically yeah like it's that it's that people truly did feel overlooked left behind and not lied t- to not taken care of misled by the government dude but like the, the all, problem with all that of is... that like they were all they, like they were if that's the way that you feel then you then you were absolutely ripe for something like this and then you add on the fact that it's like a fun game that consumes your time yes and it's it's and 30 million unemployment it's a disaster like yes. it's just an absolute utter disaster but i but 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 these people really truly did feel like they like they were uncared for basically and that they were well here's the part of it that becomes really truly sad to me that they're part of the solution they believe they are part of the active fight to undo yeah. all the evils of the world when in fact they are I don't know if they're contributing to it, but they're certainly not helping. <laughs> uh, well, it's 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 it, it it has the potential to tear down American democracy, so they are definitely not helping. Yeah, they're not helping. This is is the statement that I've made here. It's very <laughs> out on a limb, um, but no, seriously, it's it's crazy to, that the Q documentary. I highly recommend it. I don't if you don't if you haven't had anybody that's been impacted by this. It's like the open acknowledgement in their community now. It's a badge of honor, like if you've lost friends and family yeah. over it, because you're the one standing up for the truth, which is, of course, on like some Nazi-level brainwashing and, and truly fucked up and disturbing. Um, you need to be aware of this. We have a congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is, who is a believer of this, uh, what I will brand as nonsense. And, I mean, I look, I got friends and relatives, too, who bought into this stuff and not just bought in but gone all in and and it's important that we all understand why and i sympathize and empathize and all the things all the eyes is with these people because i totally understand how they got to where they are and i don't hold them responsible um i don't think it's their fault that that this country's media has become as as confusing as it is and i don't think it's their fault that the internet is the unchecked swath of shit that it is and I don't know how we fix it. And I'm not saying repeal Section 235 or whatever it is of, that protects. Right now, Barrett, the thing that the huge problem for 8chan, for sites like TotalFratMove.com, for whatever, uh, all these terror. I'm not trying to put them in the same bucket, but I'm just saying that's where I, that's where I worked. Yep. Currently, websites are not held responsible for the things that their users say. You are simply a platform hosting these other people who can say anything they want and and. They're protect like that's the protection. So the government is really struggling to figure out how to f- push that line in the way it needs to be moved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To obviously there's a, there's a line, and we need to find it. And where it currently is placed is incorrect. Um, that's all I'm saying. I don't know the solution. I'm not saying down with free speech. My entire livelihood depends on free speech existing, but it needs to exist in a safer way online. We've seen too much death and too much current shit has been stirred up that we're going to be dealing with for decades to come as a result. It has to be stopped. So watch the uh, Q Into the Storm documentary on HBO. Barrett, you had a little bit you wanted to talk about, it, about the Game of Thrones on Broadway situation? Uh, yeah, it, it's you announced. To... It's a prequel. It is going to be about the, the, the tournament at Hall, which is widely referenced in the uh, Song of Ice and Fire books and in the television show, it is it it involves it. It's got Rhaegar and Lyanna. I believe it is where he, you know he 
he gives her the the roses or the something that he wins and starts yeah, to start start sure. starts to, to 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 break up the the Robert Baratheon and and Lyanna courtship. There's there's uh, Jamie Jamie Lannister who's the Golden God at the tournament. Ned Stark competes in this tournament. Um, big tournament. So it's a big tourney. It's a big tourney. Big tourney. Big tourney. Historic tourney. And um. I just this this I, I'm so here for it. Like, get me on a fucking flight to New York. I'm going to see this Broadway show. There's no ifs and up ifs ands or buts about it. This is my only comment. I Th- love Broadway. This is going to be the thing that you and me get to go to for free. <laughs> we we've never been invited to anything related to HBO or Game of Thrones ever. Well, actually, that's not true. Everybody knows that we're Broadway boys. We've been invited, but yeah, I love Broadway. I love Bro- I've only been to Broadway once, and it was to watch the Book of Mormon. But I listen to Broadway. I listen to the Phantom of the Opera all the time, Barrett. You're a Broadway boy. Huge Broadway boy. <laughs> Can't wait to go see this Game of Thrones Broadway play. Yeah. No, we're going. I'm serious. This is the I'm from now until whenever it comes. When's it start? I don't know. Okay. Well, that means I got a lot of time probably <laughs> to work the angles and find us uh, find us a slot. Thanks for being here with us this week. You hope you we hope you enjoyed the show. Barrett and I will be back on Thursday as we always are with our next episode of The Sopranos, another companion podcast for The Sopranos Season 2, Episode 5? I believe that's correct. On Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Every episode on Patreon is ad-free, spoiler-free, friendly to both first-timers and repeat viewers of The Sopranos. We are four episodes through Season 2. All the other episodes, a companion podcast for every episode of Season 1 is available. The first four episodes of Season 2 available. Episode 5 coming out this Thursday on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. If you're looking for a preview, go to Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Listen to the Season 1, Episode 1 pod. It is available for free for everybody to try it out right there at the top so you can see what you're getting into. Then pick a tier, jump in, support the show with either a $5 minimum pledge or a $10 minimum pledge per month, depending on either... Uh, oyster or the uh, mollusk militia or crustacean nation tears, and uh, enjoy the Sopranos with us. It is it is arguably the greatest television show ever made. It is amongst the top five for anybody who's ever made a list. And uh, Barrett had never seen it before. I've seen it several times. We're working our way through. We're having a blast. Come join us on Patreon.com/slash Oysters Clams Cockles. We'll be back next week with more TV and movie talk. Barrett, any parting words, final words? Um, I just I just pulled it up. Bonnie from the Vow from from um from uh, Nexium fame is uh gonna be in the new Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi show. There's a Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi show? Oh yeah. Is it called Obi? It's called uh Obi Wan Kenobi. And Ewan McGregor is back to reprise the role as is Hayden Christensen. Oh, I forgot about that announcement. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's and, and Bonnie, who has a role in those early movies or in those <laughs> those movies. Yeah. She's back too. So big ups to her for uh, getting that career back on board. You know what we got to talk about next week? No more time today, but next week. What's that? I caught up with what we do in the shadows. Oh. All the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pee your pants laughter. Yeah. Good stuff. Great stuff. Very good stuff. We'll be back uh, next week. I know that is it. Go check us out on Patreon. We'll yeah. see you soon. Patreon.com slash Goodbye. <laughs>